Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans who have gone underground, taken on secret identities, changed our voices, uh, haven't phoned home, all kinds of things we're not doing, in order to provide you with our candid views each week on a handful of stocks out of that week's Value From Line Working professionals. Investment Survey. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unvarnished views on the air, so we disguise our voices and they'll never know. This week, we are looking at the uh, July 10th, 2009 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey. And uh, before we get to six uh, new buy ideas out of this week, or I don't know, Vern, are you this doing is how all we, buys? This is how we find the stocks we talk about every week. People know that. Value Line. Well, well we, we get value line. New people wouldn't know okay. that. Okay, we're Maybe not we affiliated them with them. As You're well. going to make people think we're affiliated no, with value line. We're not affiliated to, with them in any that. way, although I read them. So I'm so sure it's a wonderful organization. We have we're a couple loyal of subscribers. We have a couple of drinks, as you might be able to tell. I think I might have been overserved this week, Vern. <laughs> by it's a danger. I don't want to mention. It's the danger of being at, at the cabin. Anyway, uh, I'm going to be back at the back half of the show, hopefully. <laughs> To talk about three terrific up. ideas, as I do every week, Cooper Industries, Harris Corp., and International Business Machines. But before that, wait, I forgot about some caveats. Oh, uh, this is for wow. entertainment purposes Dodge only. Dodge a bullet uh, no. here. Oh. My attorney's calling me on my cell phone right now. Uh, entertainment purposes only. We have a lot of conflicts of interest, including we may have arrangements with the management of these companies. We may uh, own the stocks when we say we don't or not own them when we say we do. And finally, most importantly, we may not know exactly what we're talking about about these names. We're just uh, reading Value Line after work. Although we are actually professionals. We have bios, resumes, pictures, all that at our website, www.thevalueguys.com, where uh, you can learn all about us. Uh, with, pictures. Yeah, pictures too. This week, with a lot of ado, Vern, value. Vern, <sighs> take it away. Thank you. I'm touched. Let's have a toast. Well, okay. Listen, we're a in toast. the cabin. What are we toasting to? To you being in the cabin. Yeah, in the cabin. Yeah. Okay. Take it away. This is the, uh, can I see the table of contents? Yeah, sure. This is like all electrical equipment this week, right? Semiconductor, uh, uh, capital equipment, computers and peripherals, electronics, electrical equipment. I'm a little down because of the market this week, Vern. And I don't know about you. The, the semi-cap, all the semi-cap equipment companies are losing money, some in, you know, big ways. So depressing. Oh, I, and I'm sure there's a lot of value in there if you do the work. But one of the things we pride ourselves on here at Stock Talk is that we, uh, is that we don't spend too much time on this every week, right? We're just I, getting together. No, and, uh, I, talking I, spend, about I, I, I try to spend more time. I, I just spend a little less than I'd hope to. Not me. This week. I'm, I'm really trying not to spend too much time preparing for this. So, anyway, uh, I found some uh, very interesting bargains, however, in electrical equipment. Or I guess this first one, NCR, is listed in electronics. Uh, and this is not your uh, daddy's uh, uh, mechanical cash register company anymore. This is a high-tech information <laughs> technology about? product uh, innovator no and manufacturer. Reference. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you would know them as a manufacturer of ATMs. 
Uh, but really their expertise is in the consumer machine interface and designing secure systems that allow uh, the displacement of human labor. And so the long-term growth here should be GDP plus, uh, as you see further automation of simple retail transactions. And um, uh, this company has uh, been a leader in it for a long time. Well, you know how they, they started. They generate. They were the cash register machine yeah, the in the late 1800s. Register company. They that's... spawned IBM, actually. I mean, it's got a storied history in CR. Absolutely. Watson was a salesman there, didn't like what they were up to, and formed uh, international business machines, although it wasn't called that at the time. But anyway. Well, the, the new NCR has only existed for a couple of years. They spun off Teradata in two, uh, October of two, 2007. Uh, so the numbers here on a historical basis aren't perfectly comparable. What's and so I think part company? of the opportunity here is there's some confusion about what the real earnings power of the uh, surviving NCR is. Uh, despite that, Value Line thinks there's between 20 and 35 percent annual total return potential over a five-year period. Uh, the stock's not 12, which is what it says here. It's 11. Um, so I've got a market cap of about $1.7 billion. They gen generate sales of more than $4 billion. So it seems like if I can get some good returns out of these assets... And they have a very stable history in the 10 years prior to the current one, global recession and all. Well, they sure have brand as an advantage. You know, I, uh, that should take care of itself. Right now, if I calculate the enterprise value or uh, market value of debt and equity, um, I have $1.7 of equity uh, and about uh, $400 million of net cash. So my total enterprise value is only $1.3 billion. Looks like at this, you know, worst performance in a decade level of operating margins on lower sales, uh, we're talking about still about a quarter billion dollars of operating income and about a five and a half multiple of, uh, of EBITDA. Okay, so uh, these are on cyclically depressed numbers you're talking about for a company that makes a fairly sophisticated product. Uh, where, uh, you know, the demands and quality and execution are are uh, among the tightest in the world, uh, you know, it seems to me that you've got an opportunity to pick up, the, uh, take advantage of some, you know, temporary problems, the recession, and uh, buy something that has some significant value. Now, there's something to factor into the valuation is that I have some significant pension expenses, hmm, expense issues, coming up over the next couple of years, like most manufacturing companies with unions will have, not only is that going to create an incremental expense, but there's going to be a necessary cash infusion. So, you know, I have to think in terms of this multiple as being perhaps as high as seven times. But if we take the inverse of that, we're still talking about some kind of a team's I mean, they return. A, they have a franchise in the cash management systems of a big chunk of retailing around the world. Well, Isn't there it, that they're And for niche? whatever reason, uh, nearly half of their business is consumables. 
So they've got a the terrific paper and the ribbons and all I, that. I, kind I of guess, stuff. yeah, Who ink knows? maybe. You know, yeah. cartridge. Wow. I, you know, I'm not sure exactly. I, that's hard to imagine. Uh, service certainly because they probably sell you a right. service package. So because you don't want to have to worry about this well, thing. Well, and these under are retail people. They don't want to have to mess with the computers. So I think brand goes a long way. Reliability goes. The, a long if way. you're a Value Line user, I do want to point out a uh, simple, probably a typo on the Value Line report. Uh, parenthetically, they like to show. Debt as a percent of total capital in their capital structure box, it says two percent. That should be forty-two percent. Ah, okay, but ah. still not. Uh, I don't think uh, too heavily levered, especially when they've got more cash than they have debt on the balance sheet. So, well, uh, half the business probably is service. Or did you say that? Is. And I was not paying attention. Yeah, right, so, consumables. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you got a you know a, a real nice opportunity here um, at about eight times. Uh, de- cyclically depressed cash flow. Okay, so NCR, take a look at it. How am I doing on time wow, here? Wow, that was that was a great. Okay, you great like one. that? You I like did. That? Well, okay. I I like storied companies that still manage to put up the returns, which you didn't mention, but I think they're not too bad right now. Well, they uh, they have a history of probably they probably average uh, about ten to twelve I mean, percent. history here with a cost great. of capital of eight to ten, but. They got bought um, by AT and T at one point, spun out. They've been through here and there and back, and uh, it's there's books on it. You can look it up. Whatever. Uh, that's we we recommend looking yeah. up. Um, it's a story. More it's a business story that people should read about. It's about. a hundred and twenty year old company that helped invent whole uh, sectors of you know GDP. So and when you see those old sepia tone pictures and early photographs of the inside of general stores and you see the yeah. first brass we'll know it's your third uh, birthday party won't we <laughs> cash registers it's happy probably birthday. a national cash register it's happy third birthday burn <laughs> uh, okay so uh thesis there of course was ultimately what franchise. confusion about no, what the uh, company is and uh, the uh, opportunity to further automate the retail. You left economy. yourself no time. Oh, I don't know. What I can, are you going to do? Oh, no, it's no problem. These two are related ideas, uh, and they play to one of my favorite themes, uh, which is infrastructure in a broader sense, uh, but in particular, the opportunities in sectors where the uh, Obama stimulus package uh, uh, shifts significant resources. And one of those places is electrical. Distribute uh, well, really transmission, um, electrical transmission, electrical products. You know, very broadly, you'd be surprised how many companies will be touched by this. Uh, there's two that have you know a fairly significant exposure uh, that I see you know trading at very uh, attractive multiples right now. And so, first one is Thomas and Betts. Well, you saw what Boone Pickens did today. He no, came I didn't. out. It's Wednesday, just so you know. We're yeah. doing the show early. No, I missed it. Uh, he said that he's canceling his wind project. You know, the Pickens plan is uh, get off foreign oil, uh, move to natural gas as an intermediate fuel with vehicles so you can, you know, foster and get replace it, that we have here. with wind. And then bring in the wind. Industrial and he and said today and that he has to cancel the wind project because there aren't enough transmission lines to bring to, uh, you know, the grid. And so that's a key part of the plan here in terms of utilizing wind. And so I think that's going to you know, have to 
call for some action. He was all over Facebook and such today with, you know, I think people are going to, I think it's, it's an opportunity. Well, the scale uh, of, and scope of, in that of what's going to happen, I, I, I think, will ultimately prove to be, you know, significant. It may be later than we think it's going to be today, but I, I think with patience, and what I like about these two uh, names, Thomas and Betts and Hubble is the other one, by the way, is they both have annual revenue of under $3 billion, more like $2.5 billion. And if you want to look for a leveraged effect from a eventually cascading um, you know, opportunity in certain infrastructure sectors, uh, you want to do it with – GE is not the way to do that because no matter how big it is, it won't be as big as 10% of GE. Well, plus GE, who knows? That's well, all I want to say. Recent uh, arguments yeah. in the last day or two that it's not even not, a $5 yeah, stock. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, but uh, Thomas and Betts right now at about six times EBITDA on an enterprise value basis. Their debt to cap is about 36%, so they're not over levered. The uh, new construction markets are hurting them because they sell a lot of very basic fittings and connectors and outlet boxes and things like that. But they have a steel structures business that makes towers. And it's uh, only about, you know, a low teens percent of the business. It's growing 5 to 10% apparently right now, despite all that's going well, on. Well, the wind towers yeah, are going. And they have wind tower opportunity well, here as well. Dickens threw a wrench into that today. I well, think it'll be fixed, to the deg- yeah. You know, you, you had to it's discount to what action. he said he was going to do. Right. He, that no. was promotional. I think so. Hubble I agree. at, uh, let's see, that's with uh, Thomas and Betts at about 26 bucks. Uh, less than six times cash flow, or a little over six times cash flow, um, and with return on capital potential in the low teens, even if you don't get an acceleration in growth. And Value Line's looking for, uh, what, mid to high single, 6 7% earnings and cash flow growth. And I just think that's too, it's going to prove to be too low. You may have to be patient for the opportunity to develop. Hubble's paying you a 4% dividend right now that's only absorbing about half of earnings, which are going to be down by 40%. Well, let's face it. A lot of people who are making those estimates right now on the downside are clinically depressed. So <laughs> maybe we should, you know, lighten up on the growth rates a little bit. Well, they are uh, somewhat but, impaired. But that would be a systemic issue, right? And I don't these know. numbers w- within the uh, electrical equipment group, and I looked at every name there, uh, sort of stand out Did as you? yeah of wow. course good yeah, for you I'm trying to be good thorough 33 percent debt to cap in this case you know all kinds of coverage uh, they cover the dividend twice uh, even though they're hurting and uh, so I'd want to own both I think because uh, uh, Hubble by the way uh, specifically makes products like insulators and surge arresters for power transmission and it's uh, and telescopes uh, orbiting the Earth, a do they relatively, make that? Yeah. A relatively <laughs> larger part of their business. So, you know, I probably, you know, twi- two, two parts Hubble, one part Thomas and Betts. But I like them both. What, H-E-B-B that's your review of Hubble? And T-N-B. Yeah, they're both what? plays on power transmission. That's all we're going to get on that? That's all you're going right. to get on it, basically. Hey, okay. I had a what, lot of numbers behind you? me. Okay, listen. But with that and uh, uh, a fair amount of ado back at you this week. Really? Wow. Thanks, Fern. Not used to returning it, but you've uh, what you have know, been you? a positive contributor Thank to the you. show so far. So we have <laughs> Thanks, sort of Fern, high expectations going Absolutely. into the second half. I'm sure that's. Uh, Would you like you to know, have the table of important. contents? Not really. Okay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Do you have three good ideas this week? I don't know. I hope so. I thought they were pretty good. I 
I spent a little less time than I was hoping to because, let's face it, we have real jobs, and um, it's harder to keep them these days. So, you know, it's – but on the other hand, um, I love picking stocks. So what I do uh, did this week was – I think you just said you read every one. Yeah. I read, like, every other one randomly, and I just picked a few. <laughs> so uh, – and I scanned. I did some scanning, which uh, – um, you know, is helpful. These are productivity tools. Um, they are. Got to use you them. You know, when you, you know, you have a lot of years in the business, you've got to go with some tried and true approaches, particularly in the afternoon after work. We're, we'll, so, we're all about value um, here at the value. Game. And so, but I, I do go in page number order and I know that's helpful. If nothing else I say is, at least that is. So three good ideas this week. I'm a little depressed because the I'm market... using the woven narrative method. What's that? What are you talking about? Good. Instead good. of page number order. Are you an English major or something? <laughs> uh, I have... Actually, that's right. Oh, very good for you. Um, I have three ideas. The people just want to know about a couple of stocks here, Vern. So um, this wasn't my favorite issue. As Vern was alluding to earlier, it looks like the recovery in some measure has been, you know, delayed due to naysayers and uh, you know, a little bit negative of nabobs of uh, and, negativism. And, and a little bit of rain. Um, but, you know, I think you do have enough good news out there, mainly this mark-to-market. Banks do have money. They are lending a little bit. You're going to get these bounces in employment. Remember, employment's a lagging indicator, so when they put that into the headline, just ignore that. Of course, employment's still getting worse. What we need to look to is you know, signs that inventories have bottomed. A lot of the disgorgement here has been just people cutting inventories to the bone. And so even if you have slight declines in absolute end market sales, you could still have increases in, you know, industrial goods because they cut inventory to the bone. And as we've been saying for the last month or two, it's clear we're not in the abyss. So, so things aren't as bad right. as some of the numbers. Yeah, you hear. and we are curving out into a serious. It's a, as I said, it's a garden variety, very serious recession, and we're coming out of it. Um, this was sort of a late cycle issue. It struck me. I'm not an expert, but um, you know, there's a lot of industrial equipment, and that's an area that's been hit because you still don't see light when you talk to management teams right now in these sectors. Their order books are just like completely blank, so they have no idea. A lot of them are deer in the headlights. Uh, people have stopped giving guidance, which a few years ago all these management teams were so proud of their guidance, and now it's like, well, we, we've all decided not to give guidance anymore. Walmart. It's too hard. Well, everyone knows the balloon. I mean, the emperor has no clothes. The management teams don't know any more than you or I or your mom as to what's going on. You have to rely on the big picture, population growth times productivity growth equals GDP growth. So step back, examine that, and all the tools of productivity growth are in place. Everything that's check, going, check, check. Yeah, online. everything that's going on is just sort of a correction of credit expectations and asset values driven by crazy credit policies and all that. It's all winding out. So I'm not worried about it, and it's still giving us a chance to get some values in this more late cycle. And I'd say values, Vern, you might note. Um, the values move from early cycle in the beginning of the abyss to late cycle as you move through. So, anyway, I've taken a lot of time talking about nothing. Cooper Industries, page 
1005 CBE is the ticker. What am I attracted to here? Well, it's a below market PE, 12 times earnings. So initially, that's kind of what grabs me about it. I look down the page. They've been buying shares back forever. I like that. People who know not to spend money on stupid stuff and instead buy stocks so it helps me as a shareholder, I'm attracted to. Uh, they've got a 3% yield. I'd note that the 10-year treasury is 3.3. These guys have this yield covered more than two and a half times to one on that's a depressed margin. You look back over history, their operating margin is very consistent in the low to mid-teens, and that tells me it's high enough so they can make good money with economies of scale, but it's low enough so that people without economies of scale can't make any money, and it's a real good place to be for them. They have a uh, sort of mid-teens to low-teens return on capital going back, you know, 20 years, and they lever a little bit into the low-teens, mid-upper teens on return on equity. So very solid. Um, the balance sheet's in pretty decent shape. They've got 26% debt to cap. The interest is covered 10 times. Uh, my theme on this is, and I haven't said what they do, so I'm sorry. Uh, they have two products, electrical products and tools and hardware. Electrical is 88% of sales. This is so helpful. Electrical products, 88% of sales. And, oh, tools and hardware, 12%. You're just jam-packed with information. Well, let's just cross out tools and hardware because it just doesn't matter, right? 12%. Okay, electrical products. Um, theme, electricity gaining share of energy. Energy use per capita, despite all the happy talk, <laughs> energy use per capita going up. Okay, uh, look it up. Not this year, because we're in a you know, pretty serious garden variety recession. But the trend since the dawn of history is up, except for that plague well, period. But this is, the, this is the argument of proponents of uh, things like cap and trade, is that you need some kind of structure that will force cap and trade um, says to me force that industry to what, you know I need operate mom. more efficiently oh, and get yeah. rid of the gap between what they can do and what cap they can do cap and trade is just like that program where for years you had to separate your glass from your paper in separate cartons only to learn years later that it was all ending up in the same garbage dump <laughs> we were carefully recombined we it were later. being trained and right now where they're using the americans with this cap and trade to sort of train the rest of the world they should do cap and trade china's laughing all the way to the bank while we're doing cap and trade harming our company's cost structure they're not going to be doing that or they'll lie about it and they'll gain share on cost in the developing world which is the growth area i'm not happy about all that Vern. don't get me started anyway cooper industries the only thing i don't like about it is uh, I wish it were a little cheaper. It's eight times enterprise value to EBITDA. I'm going to take the inverse of that, one over eight, 12.5% cash on cash, which means if I bought the whole company, the cash, the debt, the equity, less the debt, uh, my EBITDA would work out to a 12.5% yield. That's in a 3.5%, you know, 10-year government bond yield world. And, you know, Cooper Industries' earnings stream isn't certain, like, is the bond yield, the government bond yield? Okay, probably more so than Cooper, but it's a very solid company. Uh, you get a little bit of growth on top of that 12%, and it might be 5, 6. I mean, Value Line says NMF or 1 for their forecast. I don't think that's right. As electricity gains share, they're going to gain, and it's an attractive price for a solid company. You get a 3% yield. 
I haven't left myself much time, so I apologize. Next up, Harris Corp, HRS. The content's fascinating. Uh, 1033. Here's my theme. Harris, they do communication systems, high tech. 68% of their 2008 sales were to the government. My theme, government gaining share of GDP, like it or not. Uh, now, a big bunch of their business, I think, is to military, and uh, Value Line takes a little bit of a negative view, thinking that the military spending is going down. Well, maybe as wars unwind, but military spending as a percent of GDP doesn't have a lot of room to go down, and uh, this thing's at eight times earnings, so it's already anticipating some losses. You get a 3.5% yield. It's at half the uh, market P.E. Enterprise value to EBITDA is four times, which means it's a 25% cash-on-cash return. Even if half the EBITDA goes away, that's 12.5%. Value line says 10% earnings growth. So half the cash-on-cash return plus their growth rate gets you low 20s. That seems low risk. They've got mid-teens to upper-teens operating margin. They're doing something right and they've been doing mid to upper teens return on capital for some time. You know, if that's all government projects that are going away, obviously that's bad. You've got to check that out. The but, government's going to be more uh, of the economy Yeah, I think forward. so. And they've got, I'm reading the notes here, they've got a bunch of top secret stuff that has, you know, encoded wireless transmission. They're getting fire departments and, you know, the, you know, the military, the Falcon. No, we don't know. Oh, they've got the Falcon family of tactical military radios on it. Uh, finally, International Business Machines. Is that good? Ticker IBM. It's fabulous. Okay. Uh, page 1111. I'm just no. going to do a drive-by. Is it really? Yeah. And page 1111? Can I please tell oh, the people about this? You can look that up. IBM uh, rated one. So I often don't Ooh. agree with Value Line on the rating. Um, now, but I do in this case, 11 times earnings. You look at their returns on capital going way back, teens, upper 20s, they're just going up. The theme here, international business machines a number of years ago figured out they needed to move more towards software than hardware. Uh, so that's been gaining share. Their returns have been moving up. And software is gaining share of GDP. IBM is gaining share of software. It's a win-win. They're at 11 times earnings. They put up uh, 20% operating margins. They've got a fair amount of debt, 61% debt to cap, but their margins are so high that that's 14 times covered. And so, uh, as we've talked about on this show, coverage is probably the better measure. High leverage when you're paying, you know, 8% for debt, but you're doing uh, 30% on, uh, on capital, that's a good deal for your shareholders, and so you'd want them to be doing it. They also have a long history of uh, buying stock back. So I like everything. It's at a discount to any historical measure on the page. Um, and I didn't do an enterprise value to EBITDA, but it looks like it's probably six times, and that's a 16% cash-on-cash return. A favorite idea this week, Vern, I'm going to have to say is, uh, gosh, I don't know. I think I'm going to say uh, Harris Corp, HRS. It's crazy. But, uh, or no, wait. Yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> there I was will. a moment of indecision well, there. I'd like to what's, say what's the close second? No, it's Harris. No Harris? question. Harris, okay. Yeah. What about you? I'm going with, um, I'm going with the potential to... Uh, uh, create a much larger part of the business going forward at Thomas and Betts um, in the steel structures and business. TNB. Thanks for listening, everybody. Idea. Bye.